My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting Yay! My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On The Page. Joining me, it's been a while, yeah. podcast producing and yep. helping out with questions today yep. is the great and mighty and sideburned <laughs> Adeep Desai. Hello. <sighs> yeah, the crowd goes crazy. Yep. Adeep. <laughs> Uh, deep, uh, deep. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. Yeah. Happy New Year. You too. Uh, how's my Ruby doing? She's good. She's, uh, what do they call it? A force of nature? Is that what they call them? Mm, I don't know. Makes I, a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, what was her favorite Christmas present this year? Um, well, first of all, I've never seen a single child get that many gifts, so I was a little <laughs> bit... Uh, freaked out yeah, wait, by what happened. It happens, right? You go, oh, she likes this, and oh, she re- then she asked for the hat, and yeah. then, oh, do we have enough, right? Do you, did you yeah, do that? Yeah, I think I did a do we have enough at the last minute and mm-hmm. realized immediately, yes, you do. You always have enough. <laughs> like there's, in a small apartment, you, you should not have all these things for this one person who contributes nothing, but, um, you know, takes up a lot of space and just consumes. And you, and you consumes. know you set a bar now. Like, you can't ever go under that bar from now on. I know. Next year, I'm like, maybe we don't do it. No. Maybe we get one gift only and no. the rest go to charity or one something. One gift? Don't I'm, go nuts. I know. I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the whole thing. Because it was like frozen threw up under my Christmas tree. <laughs> like, I... I don't know how many, like, and the gifts just kept getting bigger and bigger from grandmas <laughs> and stuff like that. So, like, she has an Olaf that's as big as she is, which is cute, but, like, where are we going to put Olaf? It's like having another Ruby living in our house. Um, you could put Olaf at the dining room table. Yeah, he's everywhere. I mean, there's room for him on the couch, but not for daddy anymore. So, like, I'll come in, it's like Olaf, Elsa, 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 El- you know, like, Former maids, and then Daddy, no, you get to stand and watch uh, Daniel Tiger from behind the couch. So, well, I think this is a good thing. I think, I think, uh, I think a girl needs her things. <laughs> she has, and and you know what? Things she has. She, yes. you know, then yeah. that is now what she deserves. She is entitled to those it's things, cool. and will be demanding more things. She's an only child, yeah. so until we give her a sister, which is what she's asking for, oh. I'm like, I, I there's no guarantees, Ruby. Like you could get. A brother, even if we go down that road, like right. you could get a brother, and then what? You're just going to ignore it, and then be so. careful what you wish for, yeah, because then you got to share Olaf and all those other things. I told her that. I'm like, all this will become theirs also. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I was like, okay, well, yeah, well, that's how we got a second one. <laughs> so I'm really? just saying that pressure can really <laughs> keep up because we did not want a dog. So you yeah. know, so like, all right, here comes Rita. <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go. Good luck. Yeah. Thank well, you. you. Remember you what know. happens with On the Page. Remember that it is just, this is like a, it's like a, a writing class slash fertility clinic because oh, everybody gets knocked a, up at On the Page. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. If you want to get pregnant, come to On the Page because yeah. you'll come IVF. in wanting to write a script and you'll leave with a baby. Yeah. Don't do IVF. Don't do any of that stuff. Just... Come on the page. Go on on the page. Boy, my promises are getting really big for the new year. (laughs) It's a lot cheaper than IVF. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I don't know. It should be a wise child that comes out. One of these days I'm going to have like a a party just for all the people who have all the babies that have come through on the page. And, you know, it'd be fun. It's a mad birthday party. Yeah, it really is. Think about the producers for a second. Like I was yeah. thinking about all you guys, and over the course of this podcast, <laughs> everybody has either gotten married or had a kid. Yeah, like there's some good family stuff going yeah, on, which true. it makes me happy. Yeah, the, yeah, you like that, right? We yeah. don't want to go into the podcast long enough where other things happen. I you know, know, right? That's like it's just <laughs> just cut it off right. Yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. If that starts to happen, we know that I've just been yeah. on way too long. Yeah. Um, what we're doing on this podcast um, is we are answering questions that you have written in uh, and asked. And um, uh, I just felt it was time to do a Q&A podcast. Yeah, it's been a bit. It has. And uh, Adip's going to ask the questions that you all asked. Um, I'm going to answer them. We're going to talk about them. Um, I can't say it's the answer. It's a <laughs> answer. An answer. Oh, Good. Yeah, I just said a answer. a answer. The writing teacher just said a answer. Nice. I'll fix it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Can you make me look smarter in person? <laughs> I'll fix it. That's impossible. Um, so I think we should probably just, just plunge right in. You want to yeah. go for it? Sure. It, these questions, by the way, I put it out on Twitter and I put it out on Facebook. So the majority of them came in that way with a few um, emails here and there. Sure. Okay, let's go for All it. All right. Hmm, let's see the first one. Gordy Eggleston from Twitter. What if you have the greatest idea in the world or out of this world, but someone gets it on the page before you do? Oh, doesn't that suck? Did that happen to you, Adib? That has happened to me so many times. So what did you do about it? Um, well, you get angry first, and you realize, well, it, you know what, it... Part of it is like, you may have written it, but maybe it didn't get out in the world as fast as someone else who has more power than you. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. Sure. So you just, you go like, all right, that sucks. Move on. (laughs) Like That's all you can do. And then you can wait it out. And when that other script that's like your script kind of goes and it's been a few years and they you can probably take yours out again because someone's looking for the other thing like that. Sure, that's one I way know, to do it. Maybe. Well, I mean, also you have to ask yourself, okay, when you say someone gets it on the page before you do, is it somebody who actually has a produced script yet? Right. If not, may the best writer win. Right. Um, if it, you just see it in the trades, that doesn't necessarily mean that it is... It, it, it may have been a deal that was done or something that was purchased, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to even make it before you do. Yeah, it might just get stuck in development hell. It really could. And this knows? was just their way of saying, okay, this has been done. We're getting our, our sort of advertising about it out. But it's know, hard to get someone to look at your script, right? If, like, I came out here with a script called Bridesmaids. And then... <laughs> We, and well it was, done. It was great. <laughs> and then someone else who was a lot bigger than me... Uh, had the same 
thing and it was a similar idea and like there's nothing you can do about that. I remember that script too. <laughs> yeah. I remember that script really well and you know what I loved about it was it like they were like these stoned bridesmaids. Yeah, they were all stoners. You know what? Okay, so like taking that script for a second. Yeah. Okay, so this is what you can do if someone gets it on the page before you do. You have to ask yourself a couple of things about whether or not it's salvageable. So mm-hmm. for example with your, your script, one thing I particularly liked about it that was not in The Bridesmaids as we know it is that they were all a bunch of stoners. Mm-hmm. Right? That was the difference. Yeah, yeah. they were a bunch of stoner bridesmaids and there was a particular element with the uh, dress mm-hmm. that one of them had lost it, I it think. Was, um, it was a family heirloom and it was lost. The stoner bridesmaid maid of honor lost it. Okay, so yeah. now we've got something, you know, yeah. uh, when her stoner sister loses her heirloom dress, a blank, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a frantic bride must, okay? Right. Then you've got a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. Take away the title, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, and and look really look at your script before freaking out. You go, oh, you know what? It's a completely different story, yep. a different take on the characters. We have bridesmaids as something that already set a model that yep. said, wow, this could be, you know, we're open to this now. Mm-hmm. Where pre bridesmaids, frankly, commercially, they weren't could, open to that kind of stuff, and, and people weren't um, open to seeing women. Using drugs. Exactly. It was like, I can't believe that was only a few years ago, but everything has changed. Right. So like now people are like, hey, you may want to take a look at that thing again. I think, yeah, I think you really should. So first thing to do, somebody else gets it on the page, really look at your story. Are your stories different? And maybe just some elements are the same. Change up the elements, commit to the story. Mm -hmm. If the story beats are completely the same, then you might want to ask yourself, okay, what happens if you focus on a different main character? Okay, so instead of the bridesmaid, we go to the bride, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, What if... um, Sorry, I just got distracted by text. Turning that phone over. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Now I'm distracted by the wine on the back. Distracted by my wine thing on the back of my. You should um, you should tweet a photo of if you're able to tweet a photo of the back of your own phone, which would be pretty hard to do. (laughs) You know what? That like that'll help my reputation. It is a wine glass that actually has floating wine in it. It makes everybody smile when I take their picture. Like if I'm all over the, the world and I take somebody's picture with it. It doesn't matter where they are. It's hilarious. Anyway, we were talking about it, getting <laughs> it on the page before you do. So you could also look at a different character point of view and really flip it from that perspective yeah. and then ask, what's the story? Mm-hmm. So is the story different? If not, can you go with a new character? Mm-hmm. And if, you know, all those things, can you turn it into a different medium? Could it be a TV series? Right. Could it be a web series? You wrote it. There's something salvageable in it. Yeah. I wouldn't completely just, if you already wrote it, mm-hmm. let it go. If yeah. you haven't written it, oh, well. Well, then, you, yeah. Exactly. You're actually, you're fine. Exactly. Move on. And, th- you know, this, this happens a lot in TV mm-hmm. when you're writing your spec. Like, every time you go to write a spec and you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to do a storyline that, like, they could do but probably won't do, and then they'll do your storyline, then you have to start over. Like, oh, that so, happens yes. all the time. So we're talking about when we're doing a spec for an existing, an existing show. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, it, you see it on TV and you go, well, I am clearly yeah. clearly know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and that is a tough one. Yeah. Okay, moving on. The next person. All right, Paul White. 
Hey, I've got my outline. All the plot points are in place. Feels good. What about my voice or style? How do I find that? Hmm. What about my voice or style? How do I find that? Okay, so what I'd be thinking about here is, um, you know, now you get to write your first scene, okay? And that first scene does set a tone, and that will also make people understand your voice or style. So, you know, I would I would really play with that a little bit. Um, uh, let's see, somebody, I had a client this week and she had one of those opening scenes with, you know, the brushing your teeth opening scene mm, that we always yeah. talk about. <laughs> Gets out of bed, brushes her teeth, blah, 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 yeah. you know, and then she went and cut to um, an old man getting news at a doctor's office, okay? Mm-hmm. And the tone of the whole thing was, you know, it was very well structured, but it was very um, family film. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and she wanted it to be an art piece. She, or I shouldn't oh. say art piece. She wanted it to be darker. Okay. And she wanted it to be more like um, 50-50 or, oh, yeah, you know, one of those yeah. kind of movies. Yeah. Uh, St. Vincent. Okay. So she said... Like a said, dark comedy or... Uh, yes, a dark comedy. It yeah. had family elements, yeah, but something yeah. that had edge to it. Yeah. So, so we talked about what if with the guy at the doctor's office, instead of getting the news, you start in the MRI machine, Mm. okay? So now there's a tone that's established. Mm -hmm. Guy inside of this tube, right? And that sort of claustrophobic... And with the sound... the sounds yes. of the MRI machine and yes, yes. and later on with the, with the girl that was established in the family scene of brushing her teeth mm-hmm. there's a scene a little bit later where she's on a, a diving board and she is paralyzed and we talked about what if we now go to the girl on the diving board paralyzed okay mm. with fear oh okay not actually no, yeah I'm sorry she's paralyzed <laughs> with fear and on diving board yeah, sorry whoops so now instead of going from the toothbrush scene to the doctor's office getting the news we have a, a older man in an MRI machine and then we cut to a girl paralyzed with fear on a diving board mm-hmm. the tone of that is completely different yeah you can just see it yeah you can see the difference exactly. right away exactly and in the first case you you actually don't know what the tone is yes it's, it's broad enough that you can't really tell well, but it feels so familiar case. that yeah. you go like, oh, okay, I get it. I'm yeah. getting the family. I'm getting the girl. I'm getting yeah. the, you know, the problem of the, you know, it's not making you sort of perk up and feel yeah. something intense. Right. And she wanted that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying you have to have these kind of tricks. I'm saying these things matter as far as establishing your tone and style. Mm. Um, play with it. What do you see? What do you want people to feel? What do you want it to be ca- compared to? So think about those opening scenes. That will help set your, your tone and style. And, and in terms of your writing voice and how to find that, that's just almost practice. That is part that, of your voice, though. Yeah. How you, how you visually set the scene, how you tell the story in any kind of visuals, that's your voice. Mm-hmm. People think we're talking just about dialogue and we're not. Mm-hmm. And so the dialogue that would naturally come out of something like that might be a little more grounded or spare or cynical. Right. You know? Because of the context of exactly. what the scene is. Right. But if you're writing something bright and happy, then, and you set those bright, happy images, then the voice of the dialogue might, might match mm-hmm. as well. So, cool. oh, I know you will. I know you can do this. Okay, we're moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Uh, the next person, Gage Agnew. Hi, Gage. That's a cool name. It is. We he he was in the uh, a scene direction contest, and we were all like, Gage, Gage, Gage Agnew, Gage Agnew. <laughs> yeah, it. You could use it for anything. Um, 
On the page question, when writing a series, what plot points slash storylines should be avoided, i.e., the will-they-or-won't-they romance? I can never get enough of the will-they-or-won't-they romance <laughs> myself. You know? That's moonlighting. That's right. It's ev- I mean, but, I mean, if you think about it, if you think Friends. about it, everything, everything. Yeah, if everything there is, is a that. relationship that's built over yeah. time mm-hmm. between two compatible people or two people or, the audience has deemed compatible yeah. or incompatible people sure. like cheers sure exactly yes then it's fun to keep mm-hmm. asking will they or won't they that's it, the juice for the yeah, show right it's when you answer yeah that it gets hard. lame yeah it gets lame so it's a penny and you know uh, leonard you know, yeah. and they were able, they were able to like keep that going because they would, because they kept breaking up. That's why Ross up. and Rachel kept breaking yeah. up too. But when Diane is well, yeah, and Diane, Sam and Diane when they kept <laughs> they had to keep breaking, they had to. But like Pam and Jim, Pam and Jim, because they just stayed in love with each other, yeah, that, right? And it just, I mean, they tried that art school thing, and they tried all the distance stuff, and it was like it just didn't. I don't know, it didn't work for me. They didn't do it long enough. I don't think yeah. they committed to it. Yeah, they didn't really go hard on it. And yeah, they, they like went. Oh, we can't. But like, also, like they they would bring in another girlfriend or a boyfriend for them, and that's not right. necessarily the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, the way to do it is in terms of you know actual situations or personality yeah. conflicts, or use the workspace. Use yeah all the things that made the office work yeah, to yeah. create that kind of problem. Yeah. So I would say, Gage, it's not, it, it's answering questions that mm-hmm. should be avoided, not asking them. Keep those questions going. I think when you solve problems, then, then the, the TV show has an, oh no, what do we do now? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a tough one. And, and, you know, outside of the romance aspect of his question like if you speak just generally are there plot points or storylines that you say like hey you know that that's a little too trite maybe avoid that or you don't you think it's all fair game you know i i really don't feel i can say that because Mm -hmm. you know if you said oh god not another uh, murder mystery well then would we have (laughs) the fall or the killing or like things that have tried to do murder mysteries in completely different ways yeah yeah you know um so it's your it's really your it kind of goes back to the last question it's almost like your voice and your take on it that can make it it. make it um fresh and it it doesn't necessarily you know keep you from doing that storyline exactly exactly i think yeah i mean have you okay so i have to ask because everybody's talking about it so have you watched uh is it making a murderer oh yeah is that that the right making making a murderer a murderer yes Because I always want to go, like, how to make a murderer. Making of a murderer. (laughs) Right. Making a murder. It's not the best title in the world. (laughs) But it's such a good documentary. It's crazy. Ah, did you do the binge watch thing? I I attempted the binge watch, um, but I couldn't have it on, obviously, when Laura's around or Ruby, because Laura hates true crime Oh, she does? And so, like, she's just, like, it's so dark. Oh, good for her. She's a good person. I like this stuff. What's that like? Um... It's interesting because she also doesn't like space. So the Star Wars thing was a big problem. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So that's what I was watching. I was binging all the old Star Wars and this show. You know, I have different different boyfriends for things that Pat doesn't like. Oh, you do? Yeah. Like I have a play boyfriend and a restaurant boyfriend and, you know, like I shouldn't say restaurant boyfriend, like uh, uh, a weird food boyfriend and a a playboy. Like, you know, so so you could get a girlfriend. I have friends at work who are sort of like 
who fulfill that, like yeah. the work wife thing, like where they they want to. We all want to talk about that show, right. and we all did serial together. You yeah. know, we listen to that and all the extra podcasts for that. So. Yeah. Pat has a concert wife he goes to oh, concerts okay. with because I don't go to concerts. That's cool. You know? Yeah. All right. So That's how you keep it going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Yes. You, you subcontract <laughs> right. parts of your marriage to other people. <laughs> Look, people are getting such interesting <laughs> advice here. Like they thought it was My a screenwriting podcast, but it's now they're podcast. finding out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, um, Gage, thank you for opening yeah. up this discussion. Yeah. We're going to move on. Gage is probably like, did they answer my question? They didn't really answer it. That's a All right. Uh, let's see. Jimmy McLaren from uh, Twitter, or as the old people say, the Twitter. Um, <laughs> what does single camera versus multicam mean to writers who aren't supposed to write camera direction? Oh, this is a very common question I see everywhere, every yeah. day. What we're talking about really is knowing what your TV show is when you begin. Mm-hmm. A single camera... Um, is usually something that looks that's filmed mm-hmm. and um, uses many many locations and can follow as many characters as it wants because it can use as many locations as it wants. Mm-hmm. Um, some examples of Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. Shameless, Veep, Veep. Um, I'm trying to think on uh, you know Empire is a single camera. Well, uh, that's right? that's all dramas because oh that's true that's all dramas. Usually, so let's what, think of what this comedies, comes in yeah. is for single yes, camera half hour versus yeah. multi camera. Multi cam is half Big hour. Bang Theory and um, uh, Undateable and um, which is kind of weird now that they're doing the live stuff, but um, but single cams are like blackish. Uh, fresh off the boat, like those are your single cameras, right? right? So, so the thing about multi-camera, multi-camera is when you have some stock sets, mm-hmm. okay, just a couple stock sets, like in Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. you have several cameras on your characters. It's really, a, it's really a recorded play, but because we have several cameras, we can get different shots of those those characters, so it doesn't feel static. Mm -hmm. So that's a multi-camera half hour versus a single camera. So if you're doing something that you really think looks like a traditional sitcom, that's Mm multi-cam. But you do not talk about these things in the pages anyway. You You wouldn't say this is You don't tell the camera what to do. Right. That said, there are different formats. <laughs> right. So a single cam format looks more like if you were writing Regular a movie. Right? Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Sort of the, the, the look of feel of the page in yep. terms of spacing. But for multicam, that tends to be more of a 30 seconds per page kind of look mm-hmm. where there's a lot of capitalization. It's double spaced. Yes. Um, when you set your scenes, you label the scenes, scene A, B, C, D, uh, you, then you jump E, you go E, then you jump to G. I don't know. You don't know. have E and F. There, I mean, I, I always forget. Right. I just look it up when I do one. But. What I would do is, if you're doing something that's more sitcom-like, you want to make sure that you're following that format. In yeah. Final Draft, I believe there's there's multicam. There format. are, but it doesn't really teach you like uh, the idea that when you set up each scene under the slug, you, um, you underline the slug, then you have the pr- parenthetical with all the characters that are in that scene. All that stuff. You really need to look at a produced multicam uh, screenplay and, Definitely. and just go to WGA to the w- WGA library and just like take a look at one and you'll go, oh, okay, that's what it is. But or if you're, find if it you're online. not in LA, or yeah. find it online. Exactly. Look for a Big Bang Theory script. Look at how it's laid out. Yeah. Uh, look at how they set the people in the scenes up front. Yeah. Um, and actually, a good way, we were talking about this in another podcast, a good way to learn how to write 
in these formats is sometimes to do a spec of an existing show, one that you love, mm-hmm. so that you can get the rhythms and feels and for 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 all these things. Yeah. And then do your original pilot. Yeah. I mean, It'll I've teach written, you on the job. I've written several of both, and it really teaches you. Like, you know, the like as soon as you start, you're like, oh, I... You can write it differently. This the flow is different too. So yes, yeah. So I hope you ans- we answered yeah. your question, Jimmy. Okay, um, multicam is sitcom, and single cam is those sort of filmed half hour comedies that you yeah. love. And for drama, everything's single everything's camera. single camera. All right, uh, Rebecca Farenbrook. Hi, Rebecca. Um, do screenwriters and TV writers deserve more recognition as auteurs? Oh yes, they do. All right, done. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Although TV writers get oh, it, they TV get it because writers they're get producers. It. Yeah, because the TV writer, the EP is the showrunner is king, not the director that they brought in to shoot. The and the showrunner is a writer, and the yeah. EP is a writer, and all the and consulting the producers writers. writers. Anything that you see in those in those credits, producer, 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 story what, editor is a writer. They're all writers, yeah. yep. and they're just given other titles because mm-hmm. they deserve them. And so, you get a pay yes. bump as you go up the, the Absolutely, range. absolutely. So t- screenwriters, not so much still. Sc- screenwriters do deserve more recognition. They, they do. don't get it. The We're in the heyday of the celebrated showrunner, right. I feel like right now. And you know, it, you know this is why I, a lot of, sort of guests who... Um, who have a long, longer career who are on this show talk yeah. about sort of that golden age in the yeah. 90s yeah. Um, where uh, screenwriters were suddenly rock stars. Yeah, you Shane Huge blacks. bank. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and, and it, was, you know, it was a great time for them. Yeah. You know, did, did movie companies go a little crazy and burn out and spend too much money and get too carried away? Yeah, but yeah. that's on them. Yeah. Uh, but the screenwriter should be yeah. celebrated more. There'd be nothing without the screenwriter. Yeah, the, with feature films, it's just we're still in that, that mode of the director is everything. And yeah. and now the stars are everything, but you know it starts with with us exactly. And, and as we've talked about with tone and style, yeah. it starts with the tone. The director has to adapt the tone and style yeah. of the screenplay, and wouldn't have a vision without the writer's vision. Yeah. So so there. The but you know end. we're preaching to the choir. That's right. You guys know that. <laughs> she also had. Um, a second question, or a different, that was her sure. second question. Her first one was advice for adapting a short screenplay into a feature late screenplay. Okay. I like that question. Yeah, yeah. So um, this came up just yesterday with somebody who brought in a short, and we were trying to figure out if we wanted to make it a, a feature, what would we do? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great sort of setup punch kind of, of scene where mm-hmm. we saw somebody who was. Uh, giving a wink and nudge that she might help another character. And by the end of the short, we realized, yes, that person was going to help the character. So it was like a little bit of a hint, but you had to really be following. And then at the end, the big blow of it was, there she is helping. So we talked about, okay, this is a really key scene in this person's life. So perhaps it is the end of act one in a feature. Mm-hmm. which means that you would need a lot of setup to show a problem that mm-hmm. this friend was now going to help with. Then the help comes at the end of end Act, of Act one, 1, but now these people are stuck with each other right. for the movie. So now it becomes about their relationship mm-hmm. and the what do they do now that they've gotten out of this one situation. Right. So you can ask yourself with your short, where is it on the timeline of your feature? Right. Is it the end of Act 1? Is it a midpoint that could launch a, a, a new problem? Is it the end of 
act two, where it's sort of a crisis point mm-hmm. that you've brought in. So you can do that. Is it the climax of your, uh, or not, yeah, the climax yeah. of your movie? It or could be the it, climax. It could be act three. Yeah. Sure. It could have been like the big, the big, you know, everything's led to this moment. Yeah. So if you do that, sort of play with it on the timeline, then you can figure out what comes before it and what springs off of it in order to find your feature. Yeah. I, you know, I wonder, I wonder about this stuff too, because we, sometimes you don't know if an idea is good. And so you think, oh, I'll just write a short and just see how it plays out and how the characters play out. And then you go, oh, maybe I want to make it a feature. Mm-hmm. And it is confusing, I think, because you know, there's just so much more material that just like that's around it. And you have to know where to place this piece. And maybe this doesn't even show up in the movie at all, right? Maybe it's just the inspiration for it. For like, the movie start like the actual movie is what happens after this. Sure, sure. Um, I you know I I didn't see the short for Sling Blade, but I think, I didn't either. I think it was a, just a, a shorter version of the feature. Okay, so that's another thing that you can oh, do is yeah. you can ask yourself what would happen if you expanded between the plot points. Is that your feature? Mm. So sometimes people have taken a big movie and they've they, they just have like this mini movie and then it could be better served as right. as a big movie. Oh, sometimes people people are making a short and it really is just a scene and right. shouldn't be a short anyway. Right. A short needs a reveal. Right. It needs a twist. It needs a turn at the end. And they'll have a beginning, middle, end and for the most part. Yeah, right? I'm I'm thinking it just needs an unexpected. It needs us to take us somewhere we didn't think we were going to go or start on such a unique premise mm. that you can milk that premise. I see. Um, Shorts are hard. They are. They're really tricky. Here's something to think about. Okay, so you could have a a short about a guy who... Think, okay. uh, All... Okay, uh, he's in the workplace, right? And he keeps talking about like being in this sticky situation and um, uh, everybody poops on him and uh, he doesn't get any respect. And then we pull back and at the end of the short, we find out he's a fly, okay? So we think mm-hmm. he's just a you know, downtrodden cubicle worker mm-hmm. making all these analogies, but when we pull back, he's actually a fly. That's okay. why he said everybody poops on him. Uh-huh. And, you know, he feels smacked around and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So that's one way to go that we're building to he's a fly. To the reveal. Right. Yeah. But another way to go would be kind of Kafka-esque. He mm. wakes up <laughs> and he is a fly. That's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he has to spend his whole day trying to figure out like, oh my gosh, I'm a fly. Now, now how do I go to work? How yeah. do I romance the girl? I'm a fly. Yeah. So it would be you'd wake up and there's already this big idea mm-hmm. and at the end of it Somebody swats him. And, and you die. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. All right, cool. When is my little fly thing? But I hope that, that illustrates the answer. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Craig Seals okay. from Twitter. Uh, so many questions. Is it important to approach a script with one specific genre in mind? One specific genre in mind. Um, I think that, yes, you want to commit to a tone and that usually lends itself to a genre, but that doesn't mean you can't have a hybrid genre, right? Yeah, we see that more and more. Sure, yeah. va- vampire western. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. But you're committing to this hybrid genre. You don't want to go like it's half vampire, then it turns into a western. You know. Yeah. You don't want to do you one d- of those things. You do have to commit to the hybrid. Right. Yes. Exactly. Have you seen Spring? 
No, on, what is that? It's on Amazon, and um, it so you can stream it for free on Amazon Prime. It is a supernatural romance. Oh, cool! It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Okay, and it's 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 well acted. It's um, you can tell it's shot for n- not much money, but. They they are very creative about it, but I, that's all I want to say about it because there are huge reveals in it. But um, it's a very interesting little movie. But see, so. you just said it. You said it was supernatural romance. You knew what the genre was, even though it's a genre you've never seen before. I thought it was just a romance going in, ah. and I thought it was just about a guy who goes to Italy to escape some heat in America. And then it turns into this romance, and you're like, "Oh, it's a romance!" And then it turns into a supernat has a supernatural element to it, and you're like, "Oh!" And it's got some sci-fi stuff. It's a very interesting movie. At what point? I may be shooting myself in the foot with this question, but yeah. at what point does the supernatural element come in? You learn the supernatural element. Um, is it? It's midpoint. It's Midpoint. almost right. It, so it takes a long time to takes, get there. Yeah. Ah, oh, that From goes what, against what it, we just said, but okay. No, it, that's why it's such an interesting <laughs> movie. I mean, you, they're hint, they hint at it. They okay. foreshadow a few things. Do you feel like but, at the time, by the time that it's revealed, that there's a little bit of an, oh, that makes sense? Or is it a WTF kind of moment? Um, it's kind of both, mm-hmm. which is what makes it, again, a very interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see Horns? The Daniel Radcliffe movie. I am clearly not watching anything. Um, no. Not well done. I okay. mean, uh, no offense to any of the filmmakers, but like it just it just wasn't working. It had it had all these great actors and all this stuff, and um, but it just wasn't working in a way that this movie was. That also worked. a hybrid. Genre? That was a hybrid. It was like um, it was like a murder mystery, supernatural, supernatural murder mystery mm-hmm. type thing. So. You have a regular person in the world confronted with supernatural elements, either um, from another character or happening to them. So it's so that's you know it's very interesting. I don't know. It's 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 a tough one because also this is a, a I, I kind of do stand on this idea that don't flip it, don't flip it too too radically because I do feel like people <laughs> need, especially at the stage that a lot of if you're a new writer, you know. It's very hard to be like, oh no 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 no, and then it turns into this. You mm-hmm. know, you got to at least seed some of these elements so that yeah. by the time you do get there, you go, oh, that makes sense because in retrospect, I can look back and go, yeah. oh, there was this, there was that little seed. I mean, at least the planting yeah. of it. Yeah, with, with horns, it's just you you go into it and and the guy's you know girlfriend is missing and he wakes up one day and he has horns mm-hmm. and then. They never really explain why, and he just has horns for the movie. He doesn't wake up and he's a fly. No. So maybe that should have been a, a short, because with a short, it was you a just book go, originally. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> mm. Anyway, I don't know. But okay, so but maybe, I think your advice is good in that if you have a hybrid movie idea and you're a new writer, it's a little bit trickier. It's tricky. I would just say commit to whatever genre you're doing. If uh, it's hybrid, great. I would I would hybe. <laughs> I, I, that's a word, right? I would, I would combine the two genres as soon as possible. Oh, de- yeah. Like that's at the I'm outset, saying. you want to know right. what you're seeing. Commit to yeah. the genre. I think that's generally good advice. Uh, Go to uh, this one. The, which one? Uh, okay, Antoine. Um, good luck with this. Bagacala. Oh, I, should know, I should know. I lived in Ireland. I should know how to pronounce that. I'm okay. sorry. Um, 
Let's see. I'd love to know about what the best steps are for a brand new writer. What are the typical pitfalls to avoid? And if anyone wants to fund my script, it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, one pitfall to avoid is, is trying to, to get say, other people to fund your script right away. Number one, <laughs> um, everybody thinks their script is hilarious and awesome, especially their first one. Although, Antoine, we've, if I, if I we've could, all done I would. It. We've, I would. All, we've all done that. Um, so that's a pitfall to avoid. <laughs> It just shows that you're a newbie if you do that. <laughs> well, I think I think that um, one pitfall to avoid is um, thinking that you have to follow every single character and give every single character an arc and a backstory. Oh man, that's something I've seen with brand new writers a lot because wow. they get some mixed messages. They hear that characters all need depth, and of course they do. Um, but so they go and they sort of chase every storyline, and oh. suddenly I'm going, "What's the story? Is mm-hmm. there a story?" And we're talking about this for features, not yeah. necessarily for TV, right. which does need to branch out into yes. different storylines. So I would say, pick a storyline, stick to it. If there are uh, supporting characters, which there should be, they can, they you can do an in-depth portrayal of them as they actually impact the main story or are impacted by the main story. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't sort of go off in all these directions. Be- because That's something I see Lord a lot. of the Rings is about Frodo. It's, mm-hmm. it, it is about the fellowship, but it's really about Frodo and his journey. And like, so you have to follow your protagonist, right? Right. I mean, the protagonist needs to drive your feature film. And, but if it's a true ensemble, that's a whole different story like exactly. in betweeners or something like that right exactly and if and that can be the case but a lot of times people aren't intending an ensemble story <laughs> and they've created one anyway. yeah so that's sort of a that's new a, pitfall that i've seen that's very interesting time and time again is it is it coming up in a lot of the screenwriting books that people are saying you like know, get I depth think, and, i think it's because people are so influenced by tv yeah, now which is great yeah. so they're seeing that kind of structure which makes sense for yeah. TV. That's what yeah. TV allows. Yeah. But in feature, we really have a much more compressed amount of time. And yeah. we, you know, features give you the, lo- you know, TV gives you the luxury of following all these people. Mm-hmm. But if you think about features as, oh, but I also have the luxury of just this one event. Yeah. You know, putting a microscope on this one moment for two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, that, there's something really beautiful yeah. about that when it works. Yes, yeah, definitely. You know? Okay, cool. moving on. Any other pitfalls that come to mind? That A million? Yeah. Listen to On the Page podcast. <laughs> yeah, pretty much every episode <laughs> is about that. But also, you know, I don't know. Uh, people are so worried about, about these things up front that it, it paralyzes yeah. them in their oh, writing. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, it's, uh, it's also a trust your gut, my dear, mm-hmm. kind of thing, too. Don't worry about it in your first draft. Go back in and make it better in your rewrite. Yeah. Let's see. Who should we do? Quincy? Yeah, I think there might I'm be. I'm trying to see where. She actually, you know what? We can, we can, I thought it might be good for the, for the Q&A, but she didn't submit it as a Q&A. So let's okay. leave it for the, for the last to see if we have time for okay, it. Okay, cool. Okay. Cool. Uh, okay. Tahiti Aragwin. Uh-huh. Uh, Pilar, I have a couple questions. My first question is, do you think the title of a script is as important as the content? 
Also, is it smart to submit scripts into contest submit scripts into contests online? And if so, what are the most trusted websites or companies? And that's about it. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the first question: Do you think the title of a script is as important as the content? I think the title. I think the title can definitely get your attention. Brian I don't think Gr- it's as important by it's any not means. As important, it's certainly it's, not as important, but it's but it's, but it's a good title. Suddenly, it can half tell the story. Producers right? are really about like a lot of producers talk about how important the title is. Uh, Brian Grazer just did a podcast with um, Mark Marin, and Mark Marin asked him like, "What do you do? Like, you're a new writer. What do you do?" And he's like, "Give me a great title." Like he was like. That's where I start with all my ideas, a great title, and I figure the story out, and I just backfill until I get that title in there. We kind of, um, if you listened last week, um, what we did, and you'd like this, Adiv, because this is like, it was really fun. We, we had some of the Rock Solid co-hosts, mm-hmm. and we pulled titles of songs. Oh, cool. And then we brainstormed what would be the TV show or the oh, movie like off of it. And what's so great is, you know, the, the title of a song without thinking what's the story of that song. Yeah. You know, the titles were so rich that mm-hmm. it just sparked all these these other ideas. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, a, it's, a, it's really interesting to... I would go back, if you're a title person, go back and listen to that <laughs> because you can see how we were pulling out maybe one word from it and just finding all mm. these different oh, that makes kinds of stories to yeah. tell. Um, so yeah, it's important. But it's not as important. Yeah. And you can always do it after you've written your screenplay. You can always change that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you get you get feedback. People will tell you, oh, that's the title. Oh. Right. Exactly. You can always, that's something you can bounce around to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You can say, here are five titles. Uh-huh. What does it suggest to you right. tone-wise? And then see which one hits the closest. Exactly. If they go, oh, that must be a comedy and you're writing mm. a drama. <laughs> yeah. Or that must be a, a horror movie yeah. and you're, you're writing a family film. Yeah. All right. Then you know it's not working. Right. And um, her second question about contests and it, websites. Uh, is it smart to submit submit scripts into contests online? And if so, what are the most trusted websites or companies? And there's so many now. There are. There's so many more now. Um, it just how, depends how on would, who you ask. Well, I'm going to ask you as somebody who you know is on that other side yeah. of it. Um, I've always told people to go to moviebytes.com. Moviebytes is good. Com because yes. it's it's sort of a home for all of them. Yes, and you see some ratings, and you know, it, they tell you the cool thing is they tell you what's coming up, and you know, you can kind of gauge what you have ready for what, and you can kind of look ahead and see. But do they have? Um, they used to have like a chat room about these. Oh things. yeah. Do they still have I think that? They still have that, but I don't. I don't go into. I use more like tracking boards for stuff these days. Okay, um, so trackingboard.com. Yeah, tracking B, and then there's tracking dashboard.com, and then there's, you know, like the blacklist. And all um, these are sort of discussions about like contests come up and what the best ones are and things like that. Well, tracking board, uh, tracking board and tracking B, they're like, they're actual tracking boards for like, hey, I need this script, or like, you know, I need the phone number for, you know, Brian Grazer's assistant or whatever. But it's also like, hey, who's, are you reading, does anyone have this script? And then you start to see people request the same script, or like someone says, hey, do you want this? Does anyone have this script? And I was like, oh, me too, me too. And that kind of tells you like, oh, what's a hot script. But in terms of contests, you know, it's it's the same old, I think, Nickel, Austin, um, 
big break. Uh, you know, those are uh, Screencraft is making a big grab. Screencraft is doing really well. They're I making think they're, a big genre grab. I think what too. what separated them is the fact that they went for genres. Yes, yeah, they yeah. divided into different genres, yeah. and that's great because yeah. a lot of the the criticism has been like, oh, they only want this kind of a movie, you yeah. know, and the comedies wouldn't fare like as well nickel. as the dramas yeah. and things like that. This way it's, this is a comedy contest, this is a horror contest, yeah. we want these specific things. Yeah. Um, you want to look for longevity. The ones yes. that have been around the most are usually have, you know, there's a reason and they yeah. have a lot of prestige around them because they've fared well over the years. You want to look for um, contact, contact, at the end in terms of the prize being that they will actually introduce you to agents or submit to producers you know frankly I'm a I'm a prize on some contests you know I'm not enough okay I I, you know getting my book or um, getting a consultation with me is not enough that will help your craft but you want actual meetings at the end um uh, I'm not saying I'm not, you know, a part of it. You're that's part fine. of it. Okay. Part of it. But I'm just saying like, yeah. it, like if the, if the buck stops with me, that's <laughs> not good not. enough. You yeah. get this every week, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, so look for contacts and look for money. Yeah, money. You know, I mean, cash is yeah. a good thing. And, like uh, Paige gives a lot of money. Exactly. Uh, Blue Cat gives money. Um, like those are the ones that I apply to regularly. Um, Nickel, Austin, Page, Blue Cat, and then some of the genre stuff. Like, if you have a horror movie, you know, Shriekfest and Scream, uh, Scream Fest are good ones because uh, those people know horror. So they're going to, and if you have written a decent horror, they will recognize you. So it's kind of nice. I was bummed this year. It seemed like the quarterfinalists for Nickel, yeah. that, that um, they weren't published in Variety this year. No, they weren't. And I was I mean, that's one of the... Yeah, that's uh, huge. It is huge. Yeah. And it, because because then in the past, those quarterfinalists got a lot of requests yeah. for their scripts. And at On the Page, you know, we mm-hmm. always had about like six to eight quarterfinalists yeah. a year, and they did not get yeah. the, the notice. They did the that, semi-finalists that people, and the finalists, yeah, right? Is yeah. that what they did? Yeah. I might, I might just start when the quarterfinalists are around, like yeah, you if do producers, it. you know... Want want them? Get in touch with me. I'll hook you up. Okay. (laughs) Cool. All right. We're moving on. Uh, Victoria, um, Thubton, I think. No, I think. No, that's her name. I think it's uh, Victoria Rainan from because she's from Austin and she she writes in a lot. All right, my bad. And she's awesome. I want to have a much deeper understanding of what high concept means. Can any story have a high concept hidden within? Yeah, any story can have a high concept hidden within, um, especially when it comes to feature. You're looking for what's the unique idea that will drive people to the movie theater. Um, so even though we're normally thinking of high concept being such a big idea that you can keep mining it over yeah. and over again, um, sometimes smaller movies have a big idea within them mm. that launches everything. Like, um, what if two kids decided to get in touch with their sperm donor, you know, oh, right. and as a result, um, a new paternal relationship develops. Well, that was an independent movie, okay, but there's a high concept that launched mm. it. So, so you want to have a big idea. Aren't high concept movies, and maybe it's changed, like something that you can pitch in just like a few words and people can can see the whole movie? Is that, that was one definition that of is, it back in the day? That is one definition but, of it, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, any good 
movie has a hook within the logline yeah. that makes you get a sense of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I would say that um, uh, the reason that you guys are writing is not just because you see a character or a place. It's because there was an event within that that you wanted to put on screen. Um, or there was a path of a story that you thought was so different from somebody else's path. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing you need to articulate mm-hmm. in your logline, and that will feel high concept. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so yeah, high concept traditionally is what if a guy woke up as a fly? <laughs> I'm so committed to the fly idea. <coughs> I love it. What if the guy was a fly and he didn't know it? What if a guy, you know, yeah. how does a fly do this? How does a fly do that? But you know, yeah. like that kind of thing, yeah. right? Ant-Man. They you used know? to yeah, they used to say what um oh, you know, born identity, it's it's James Bond with amnesia. And that was like the big pitch for high con- that big high concept pitch for the oh, born that's identity. Interesting. Sure, sure. And and if you think about it, yeah. What if James Bond had amnesia? Sure. Boom, the Okay, identity. and right. And, and so just the whole thing money. is <laughs> Yeah. Every then you can rest on that idea in terms of everything he does is going to help him click into who he, who he was. was in the past. Right. And his past is constant, constantly going to be chasing him mm-hmm. and forcing him forward in the story. Yeah. So it's a big enough idea that it impacts on every single level yeah. and you can keep playing with like, it. I feel like The Revenant is very high concept. Where it's like... The Revenant uh, isn't uh, high concept. It's not? I love The Revenant. Isn't it about a guy who gets almost killed by a bear and then seeks revenge? Isn't right. that, What's is high, that concept high concept about that? It's not high concept? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing. Oh, it's a revenge story. You know, there's I guess n- not. nothing new about that idea. That's funny. But it's beautiful. It's the execution. I, lo- yeah. I loved that movie. Yeah. A lot of people hated it. Okay. I, I just thought it was gorgeous. Like, yeah. I just could just watch that guy. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio, if he gets an Academy Award, will get it for groaning. That's he just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. Wow. But it's not particularly high concept. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, cool. If okay, if we turn it around, okay, that a bear trapper, which mm-hmm. is what he does, mm-hmm. which he is, or what he's leading, is now stalked and hunted by the bear he tried to trap. That oh. is high concept. And that bear was Yogi Bear. <laughs> I'm not saying it's, a, it's not a stupid idea. I'm just saying. Okay, like, all right, I see the difference. Because that's a different idea. I see the difference. Yeah, yes. but a guy who wants revenge. Eh. All right. Exactly. Cool. Okay, moving on. John B. Hey, John B. How many beats does a scene need? And if every scene is different, what's the best way to figure that out? Everyone talks about story structure, but how do you write an amazing scene? How many beats does a scene need? And if every scene is different, uh, this is, I'm going to be so annoying. A scene needs as many beats as there are in the scene that the scene needs. needs. I don't know. There is sort of a, a gut thing. There's what, a gut thing. What you need to figure out, first of all, is what story is the scene telling? Okay, what's yeah. the story of the scene? And then if you've been in my, my classes or you've heard the podcast over the years, mm-hmm. you know that I tend to have people write the first draft of the scene solely around some basic intentions. Mm-hmm. What do we need to see? Mm-hmm. Uh, what absolutely positively has to be said? Um, what emotionally comes out of the scene in terms of an emotional beat where another character feels something mm-hmm. or where we're f- supposed to feel something? Mm-hmm. And then what's the button of the scene? How does it end mm-hmm. so that 
uh, we can move on. It sort of mm-hmm. tells this, you know, there's a reason for it being there. Mm-hmm. So physic, physical, uh, one line of, of dialogue, um, one little emotional beat so we know the story it's telling, who it's impacting, and then sort of a, a closer, okay? mm-hmm. a, a button on the scene. Once you've done that, if you feel like the story of your scene still hasn't been met, and you might need a new beat within it, meaning mm. sort of a new breath, a new, uh, a new, a new idea within mm-hmm. it. Then you need a second beat within that scene. Mm. But if you've done all those things and mm. you've told the story of the scene, done. Okay. And then you you look at scenes in uh, relationship to the sequence, right? You use the se- a sequence approach as well. So mm-hmm. in terms of like greater story structure, mm-hmm. those scenes need to make sense in the context of a larger sequence. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I do think that it's it's a, a good way to think about if you have your main beats of story, right, do the scenes within the story equal the, the main beat that you want? Do they mm-hmm. all support, I should say, the main beat of story? Yeah. And if it doesn't, we take it out. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how wildly funny it is, you know, if it's there just for a laugh and it doesn't support the, the huge beat of story yeah. that you're in. Kill that darling. You probably have to, yeah. People try to do too much in a single scene, right? Yeah, Is I that think a, so. That's a common pitfall? I do think people are complicating because then they'll, at the end they'll go, yeah, but didn't you notice this? And be like, no, because I was looking uh, at the looking story at of the scene, which is that. <laughs> no. This is a different scene. Right. If you want everybody to be noticing all these things at one time. You know, they're not going to do that if you're doing your job within a scene, which is focusing on the story being told. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Let's see how uh, this is from Katrina Mankey. How to know what idea is the best to write for a movie or pilot? Uh, We had a we had a pilot uh, pilot. We had a podcast um, (laughs) which was film, TV or web. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And let me let me see if I can remember my own notes here. Um, one thing with film is, do you have a unique idea going in and a great solution going out? Okay. Okay. Then that's a feature. All right. All right. Um, a TV pilot does not necessarily need a great solution. It needs to leave with a question that that begs for a great solution by the end of a season mm-hmm. or five seasons, something that mm-hmm. we can keep dipping back into. Right. Like so, Quantico, like did she did she do this or not? Mm-hmm. Or um, uh, what's, the sh- what's the show where the lady's all tattooed? Um, but it's like, what's her origin? Like, why is she here? Like just one big giant question that sure. you can ride for... And sometimes Years, that hopefully. will they or won't they thing yeah. is the giant question. Yeah, like, it true. doesn't have to be huge. So I would say a big solution for feature, if you have that, it's a feature. Mm-hmm. And if like a big clever, big. like this answers a question that we're dying to know. Yeah. Or um, if you're just sort of setting, a, you know, have a question at the end mm-hmm. of, of the pilot. One other thing to, to be thinking about with the pilot is if it's very world-based, Okay, it's probably better for TV that mm-hmm. it's a world that you could dip back into and draw from every week. Um, if it's only about a world and the people in it, it may not be a feature because you don't have a story you're following within right. that world. But it may not not be a feature because you you see all of these um, young adult novels that have become films, and they're very much that this big world building thing and. But they have a story, they have a story. That, that threads through it. So yeah. now, because the world is now like this, um, yeah. this character has to achieve a goal by the end of the feature. Yeah. So, but 
But if you're just like, that's a cool world, and here are these characters. You got a TV show. Yeah, yeah, good, (laughs) fine. You can explore the big and small every week. And then what about web series? Web series, web series is premise... It's premise. It's premise. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's auditions. It's breakups. It's mm. uh, guys uh, delivering weed. You okay. know, we're in it. We don't need a setup because we understand what we're in and mm-hmm. we just play out the premise. Okay. okay. Cool. Uh, Stuart Eastep, is dramedy really a thing because I think I'm writing one? I would like to say in 2016 that I have finally <laughs> come to the realization. I will, I will confess I, in the beginning, I know. for so many years, resisted dramedy. It felt lukewarmity yep. to me. I thought yes. people were being wishy-washy. You, yeah. Dramedy is a totally <laughs> a thing. It is a thing. You are writing one. And it is all those half hours we talked about that don't yeah. really feel like comedy. Yeah. Like togetherness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's one hours that are funny. Right. One hours that you know, have shameless, that sort of... Shameless is a dramedy. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So it's there. Now I wish... Now, I'm like totally the other way. I okay. wish that like Golden Globes and Oscars would have... A dramedy category? Yeah, or, uh, yeah. or I'm sorry, uh, for TV, the Emmys. Like, yeah, they yeah. should have a dramedy. I know. Because then you get that Orange is the New Black exactly. problem, right? Yeah, and Nurse Jackie and all those were... Yeah. The creators are like, wait, no, this is, this, is a, this is a drama. Why are we in the... You know, or vice versa. Right. So um, I say... Not only is it something, but it should really be something. All right. Let's well, go you've for come it. full circle. You know what? One learns over time. One evolves. This is yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that? Yep. Yep. Okay. 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 With, with Teo's questions, you might want to pick the ones that there's a couple. Okay. Couple let's see. A few questions. Maybe, maybe the first Teo one. Teo Jansen. Uh, let's see. The English is my first, not my first language. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So English is not my first language. What oh, do you says, recommend? Hello from Barcelona. Oh, hello from Barcelona. Pilar. Did you say Barcelona? I did. did you, you have to say Barcelona that way. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Isn't I that? I can't it's not like... say it any other way. <laughs> Barcelona. Barcelona. It's because I went to high school with a girl who studied abroad there, and uh-huh. she came back saying it like that, and we all made fun of it, and then we all just kept doing it. So. Um, <laughs> But English is not my first language. What do you recommend if I show my work to English-spoken companies to try to write it by my own or use a professional translator? This is a tough one, but I have to honestly say you should probably get it translated. And the reason yeah. why is because it's, it's not that the English isn't perfect. It's may, it may be too perfect. It's always sort of the sign that yeah. it's not written by an American writer because the English tends to be better than the way that we actually speak. Right, right. So it's not only that you need it to be in English, but that it needs to have that sort of relaxed, lazy American If it's an quality. American story and not, you know... Uh, British stories, though, they have their own... We all have our own particular slang, so, the, you know... It's That's a, true. It's usually a tell if you don't use slang, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's yeah, true. That's if true. it is, yeah, that's that's a good point. If it's if it's American, but even even if it's if it's set in Barcelona, mm-hmm. okay, and you want to make sure that you're not missing articles, or uh-huh. you know that you haven't. It's not the kind of of get by English, right? You know right, that right. it really has to be 
strong, well-written English. And I've had some writers that can do both. I mean, yeah, I have had people some, yeah. that, you know, when I find out English isn't their first language, I'm just bowled over. I mean, look at all the Mexican directors. Right. And they're all writers. Mm -hmm. And they have a command of the language, of the English language. Too, right. So. so if you don't have that, yeah. get a second eye on it. Not necessarily a translator, but somebody who can, yeah. who can give it that you know, fill in the blanks for you if you've missed it. So it's more natural. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a good question. Um, I think I think that's that's good. That's good for yeah. for Teo. Yep. Um, I guess we can. Um, yeah. And with Quincy's. All right. Quincy didn't Let's know she was going to be on the show, but now she is. I can't pronounce her last name. I'm not sure. Nadeque. Nadeque sounds Endeque. Endeque. Yeah. I'm not. Great at pronouncing names. Let's call her Quincy. Hey, Quincy. Quincy. All right. So my question is: Is it always beneficial to keep your logline to one sentence? I can't seem to get my logline to one sentence. Um, Should we read the logline? Let's read it. Okay. All right, Quincy. You probably didn't expect this. Um, here's the logline: A passive-aggressive middle-aged man. I love it already. Struggles to keep his recently <laughs> inherited mechanic shop afloat. He hopes to find help from his newly hired employees. However. None of the employees actually know how to fix a car, and due to his passive nature, he can't find the courage to fire them. Hmm. Okay, this could be so one sentence. So they're like a bad news bears of car mechanics. Oh, I think, you know, you should go into, you know, as you're good at, at pitching sort of like the hook of it, you know? Like, it's like this, but it's that. Yeah, uh, for some reason, I just, that's how I... Look at things. That's great. The bad news bears <laughs> of car mechanics, which is not necessarily the logline, but it's log a line, great intro to a pitch. For the pitch, yeah. About that. So you can use that. Wow. Um, Quincy. And, um, you know, you can get this down to one sentence very easily. I would say one thing that's in the way is passive aggressive yeah, versus uh, passive. So if you say true. a passive middle-aged man. Yeah, he's passive. Yeah, because that's the thing that's keeping him from firing his his newly hired employees okay yeah so uh so you could say do you need middle-aged no no i don't think you do maybe it's um, like a, he's inherited this thing so when a passive man hires uh and we could give them uh, an adjective hires blank employees to fix a car yeah um he can't find the courage to fire them or um, no, no, that doesn't work. He hopes I should have to done find this before we got newly, on the podcast. No, no, but they're, they're seeing us work through it. He hopes to find help from his newly hired employees. Why is he hiring people that don't know how to fix cars in the first place? Um, desperate to keep his mechanic shop like afloat, afloat, comma, yeah. a passive man um, or, or passive the, mechanic. The passive owner. The passive owner uh, yeah. hires... Um, uh, and now that's that's the thing is we have to give these these guys a personality. Is yeah. he hiring uh, a bunch of kids because right. he can't af afford them? They're is like he teenagers. Are they right? Are they all ex cons? Like what is right? What's I, what's the thing that would naturally make them inept? Because for me, looking at the logline with fresh eyes, going well, I don't know why someone would hire a bunch of guys who don't know what they're doing. So did they trick him mm -hmm. into thinking they knew how to? fix cars and they actually have no experience fixing cars like that's the question for me so like i can't really describe who these guys are 
Unless I know that, right? Well, to me, if you're desperate to keep your business afloat, that means you can't afford to pay anybody, which means that you okay, have so to dig into some kind of pool of yeah. people that, that are unskilled. Maybe they're all mechanic students, like at a local, like all those healed technology type places. Oh, do they still have shop? Yeah, they still... You know, like they high don't school? <laughs> I, I think they do somewhere. <laughs> They have, like, some schools still have, like, the car, um, you know, they have the shop, but it's all cars. Yeah, because you like, remember... we had that. Do you, do you yeah. know what I mean by yeah, shop? Yeah. Oh, yeah, shop. You had shop or you had yeah. home ac. Yeah. <laughs> I did neither. <laughs> I did art or music. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, we could make them... Uh, let's make them juvenile delinquents for now. Okay. Get okay. That, that bad news bear. Yeah. Thing. So, uh, desperate to keep his, me- his shop afloat, a wimpy mechanic, oh. <laughs> yeah. a timid mechanic yeah. hires, uh, uh, juvenile delinquents out of a local tech school. Yeah. Um, and never has the courage to deal with them. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, I think know. they made it worse. I think we did make it worse. No, but it, it is that, like, what is this? Because we don't know the story, right? right. So what is the story? Is, is it that? Um, but, like, I I think if this mechanic, this the guy who owns, and, and I don't know if he's a mechanic or not either. Like, that's also an, a question I we have. We know he's a passive-aggressive middle-aged man. Struggles yeah. to keep his recently, oh, inherited See, inherited mechanic. it. So he doesn't know anything about Oh, you this. know what? That's what it's about. We don't even need don't the other need employees, the employees, right? So, yep. so it's like, um, we've got to give him a job, okay? A, a, yeah, like, uh, A passive-aggressive, make him like a corporate job. Right. You know, uh, a passive-aggressive, uh, um, uh, go back to that cubicle worker, okay? Somebody yeah. who's never had any... Has, doesn't really own anything. He doesn't own anything. He's okay. he's a cog in the machine. Um, a passive aggressive cubicle worker gets more than he bargained for when he inherits his grandfather's failing mechanic shop. Yep. yep. Something like that. And what we would know from that is that now he's got to deal with finding employees, mm-hmm. uh, zoning stuff, fixing yeah. cars, yeah. teaching himself something. Yeah. Um, that he is completely not capable yeah. of doing. And we have and to know team, why yeah. he's, he's motivated to do this. Okay. So it's his beloved grandfather, or it's, you know, like there's an emotional connection to the shop. Like he grew up in the shop. Okay. Or something like that. Okay. Uh, anxious to keep his late grandfather's dream alive, yes. comma, a... Uh, cubicle worker like turns middle, his back on his corporate job to keep his newly inherited mechanics shop afloat mm-hmm. by any means necessary. There it is. There we go. Done. All right. All Rewind right. it. Write it down. <laughs> Quincy's we got like, there. Quincy She's like, has put what? her head through a wall. <laughs> but remember, like, this is what people are going to do to your log line. When you send it in if somewhere. If you don't have a log line, <laughs> if you don't which have. is, well, the answer to the question is yeah. yes. Turn it into one sentence yeah. so that it's focused, it has the hook. It doesn't just give a bunch of ideas yeah. and then say, do you see the movie? Because guess what? We did not. Yeah. So, you know, now we found something that brought in um, motive, desperate to yep. keep grandfather's yep. 
shop alive yeah. um we brought in something that we have would emotional suggest, stakes yeah emotional stakes we we did a fish out of fish water, out of water. He's, he's, yeah. he was this guy but now he's this guy yeah. and by any means necessary means that <laughs> he could even bring on employees that don't know what the hell they're doing yeah Sound good? Yep. All right. Good. Okay. Look at that. Guys, I want to thank you so much for your questions. They were really, really wonderful. Yeah, they were great. I would love to do this again. And yeah. Adeep, you're like you're like the perfect guy to do this Aww. with. This is really fun because yeah, you have so you. many, so many great thoughts and suggestions. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Um, I want to uh let everybody know, it was something I forgot to mention in the Rock Solid podcast, and I promised I would, <laughs> that yes, we're still going to have another Rock Solid hybrid podcast. Hybrid. With, How did you uh, pull that off, first of all? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Well, there was, no, there was some champagne involved. <laughs> I didn't mention it at the time, but yeah. Um, uh, with uh, Pat uh, hosting, and what we're going to do is um, we would like to know your log line and then the song the song that you feel would have to be played within this movie or TV show sweet like it's the song doesn't matter about rights or whatever it's the song mm-hmm. that you think expresses this this project and uh, and the log line as well and Pat's gonna play the song and talk about what he knows about the song and oh. I'm gonna give some input on the log line probably and that's cool um, and it could just be a fun show so uh, we are taking the first 20 submissions we have based on the first time we talked about this way way back mm-hmm. we have about six or seven okay so keep them coming in um, I love your submissions and then we'll cut them off after 20 and we'll do it hmm. So, oh, and send them to inquire at onthepage.tv. Email for me is still best. And what's the subject line? It would be... Rock solid. There's a song. Rock solid submission. Yeah, rock solid submission sounds good. I like. I'm trying to help you manage your email. Thank you. I know because we know I need it. You get a lot of email. You know how many New Year's resolutions do I have to make? Where it's like this year I'm really going to manage my email. It's like (laughs) a year goes by. I'm really sorry I didn't manage my email. I'm really. uh, Do you have any New Year's resolutions? I don't believe in them. Good for you. um, Because. It's just you're just setting yourself up for failure. So I like to just make small incremental changes in directions. So like, I think I'm going to try to write a new sketch a week or I'm going to write an hour a day or I'm going to write five pages a day or I'm going to, you know, take 500 more steps a day. But it's not like by, you know, May 15th, I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to have 8% body fat and, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like right. my BMI is going to be underweight or whatever, you know, whatever your weird thing is. I don't know. I, I think it makes people feel bad when they don't reach their resolutions. So I, I, always, don't, I don't know. I always found that I would make a resolution. I would, I would do it. And then I'd have to make the opposite resolution to undo that resolution. The, the next year. Like for example, <laughs> like, well, one year I had work harder. Oh, that and was, then the, that was it. And then the next year was, have more fun, you know? And wow. then the next year was calm the hell down. You know, it was like, it's always, it's always reversing <laughs> the previous years because I've committed to it a little too much. Wow. So yeah, I think you're not giving yourself parameters that are, uh, what do they say? Measurable and actionable or whatever, like measurable, um, goals. I'm, I'm more about measurable goals than I am about resolutions. <laughs> 
Because uh, I don't know what a resolution is. Like, I resolve to be nicer this year. It's like, you can't quantify that. Is it based on how many people don't punch you in the face? Or like, I only got punched in the face five times this year, and the year before it was ten. So like, okay, now it's measurable. Did you ever need to, to be nicer this year? Um, Ajeev Desai? I'm sure people have said I need to be nicer <laughs> this year. Um, no, I just need to, like, I just need to get more done. That's, you know, get but more done. There get you go. Get more done. But within get more done is okay, like get this project you should try to get finished by this date, and this project you need to rewrite by this date and have a solution for <sighs> That like, just sounds boring. I know, but that's how you have to do That's how I have to I've do I've got one for everybody who's listening. Ready? <laughs> write more, write better. Sound good? Yeah, sure. Okay. Write more, write better. Thank you, Adib, yeah. for, for being on the show. All right. Everybody go to onthepage.tv, see what's ha- happening here. Follow Adib at, at Adib. Yep. Write more, write, write better, better, and have a good <laughs> writing week.